Francis Ford Coppola wine. This is the Diamond Collection. It's the Chardonnay mm-hmm. 2018. Yep. I'm going to pour myself a nice frothy glass of wine here. Frothy? Yes. I think that's beer that's frothy, not wine. But okay. It's a nice pour. I'm drinking a jalapeno margarita today. Yeah. You're going to have some wine later. I, I finished my margarita. You already one drink in. Wow. Listen, it's like, what time is it? It's 4.45 p.m. So it's almost 5 o'clock. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. You know uh, what I'm saying? It's fi- it, well, it's actually 5.45 somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, hello. Welcome to Cage Off, a Nicolas Cage podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to finally answering the question, what is the best Nicolas Cage film? And what is the best Nicolas Cage film? You can let us know at Cage Off Podcast on Twitter, um, or you can also send us an email at cageoffpodcast at gmail.com. I'm yes. Ashley. Hi, I'm Logan. Um, uh, so today we're going to be talking about the films, A Score to Settle and Con Air. Con Air. Con Air. One of the, uh, I don't know. I feel like Con Air is one of the top five most memed Nick Cage movies. Would you agree? Yeah. Every time there's like a flirty thing and it's Nick Cage related, it's that Nicolas Cage gif of him with the wind blowing and his hair long. So there's two gifs that are very, that that you see from this movie. This one where... Nick Cage is feeling the air on his face because mm-hmm. he's so happy to be being released from prison and the one where he is winking. Yeah. Those are the two that you see from this movie. And I've seen them. A lot. A lot, yeah. yeah. I've used them. Yeah, you use I've them on me a lot. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and a score to settle is... Uh, recent movie that we'll get to later um oh a mug update yes so on our last episode we introduced the pickleless cage mug yes which is amazing sweeping the nation since then we've received a new nicholas cage mug uh this was a gift from a friend it's just hey taylor we know you're listening yeah Hey, <laughs> um, it's just a lot of Nick Cage faces yeah. on a mug. I'll, I'll take a picture of it later. It's a really good gift. Post it with the episode. Um, that's what I'm drinking my Coppola wine out of. Yeah, we have we now have Nicolas Cage mugs for our wine. It's pretty great. That's right. Mm. This wine's good. Good, good. Go get some Francis Coppola wine. He's the reason why Nicolas Cage is an actor. So he like started his career. Go support him. <laughs> yeah 
Anyway, so I think we're going to begin with Con Air. Yeah. Uh, so Con Air is a 1997 action crime film directed by Simon West, mm-hmm. starring Nicolas Cage, John Cusack, and John Malkovich. Oh my gosh! Um, but it has so it's got such a star. It's a stacked cast. Yeah, We've got Steve Buscemi, so uh, Ving Rhames, uh, McKelty Williamson, uh, Dave Chappelle, uh, Danny Trejo, bunch of others. Um, it, it is star studded. That's right. This entire movie. And this is not the only Simon West film we're going to be covering on this podcast. Oh really? What's his other film with Nicolas Cage? Uh, let me see. It was uh, 2012's Stolen. Oh. Yeah, which I've never heard of and I'm sure is uh, just so good. Yeah. I, I, 12 hours, yeah. $10 million, one kidnapped daughter, Stolen. So it's basically a knockoff of that one movie. Take. <laughs> taken? <laughs> Instead of Taken, the daughter is Stolen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, the the synopsis wow. for Stolen is a former thief frantically searches for his missing daughter who has been kidnapped and locked in the trunk of a taxi. So, yeah, this and is basically taken, but it's stolen. And he has a particular set of skills, I'm sure, that makes him a nightmare for people like you. Like me. That's the thing Liam Neeson says, says to the bad guys in Taken. Oh, I've not actually seen any of the Taken no, movies. No, I, I I have seen Taken, but yeah, no, this definitely seems like a Our really bad knockoff. set of skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. <laughs> um, so yeah, let me go ahead. The IMDb premise for Con Air. Newly paroled ex-con and former U.S. Ranger Cameron Poe finds himself trapped in a prisoner transport plane when the passenger sees control. Yeah, so he's highly decorated, um, and oh, this film came out in 1997, which is pretty early, I would say, in his action movie career. Uh, this came out, I think we talked about this in our first episode, but this came out just like a couple weeks before Face Off. Yeah. Um, so yeah, his first real big action movie was The Rock, which was the previous year. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And then this one, and then, you know. Um, I I want to point out that Probably the only main character that wasn't a con in this movie was John Cusack, which I don't know if I could see John Cusack playing a criminal anyway. No, he has too. He looks too nice. Yeah, he, he looks too nice. He looks too nice. Um, so I don't know. Should we just kind of give a rundown of what happens? I mean, it starts in Mobile, Alabama. Yeah, uh, you see the beautiful bay in Mobile. He has this, okay, so this is the part that bothers me. Uh, His if, accent. If you don't know this, both uh, both of us, Logan and I, are from Tennessee. That's right. Uh, so as somebody who's from Tennessee, hearing an, a bad Southern accent is almost offensive to me. I mean, we don't even have Southern accents. I think but. I think... I think I find the accent better better than you do. Oh, well, as somebody who lived in Mississippi for for 4 years and yeah. you know, uh have I, you know, spent a lot of time in Alabama, you know, lived on the border of Alabama, Mississippi, grew up in a small town. 
I am very offended by this accent. And I understand that like coasties, which are people who live on the live in, on the Gulf Coast, they do have a very particular accent and it's, it's like almost a Louisiana accent, but it's not yeah, quite it's va- there. His accent's vaguely Cajun. It's supposed to be like a Nolens accent. With like yeah, mixed with like Alabama. Uh, it's deep not south. good. I mean, it's not an Alabama accent. I'm gonna Are be, you are you actually offended by it, like for real? I just think he did a bad job. I think that he didn't he he's never spent like a I don't think he's ever spent a long period of time in the South. And doesn't, I know he doesn't he live in New Orleans now? Uh yes, but I don't, I don't know at the time probably. I don't I don't know the history of Nick Cage's like residences. I just don't think that he understands Here's the thing. or understood at the time how good uh, how it southern accent sounds. It is not a great southern accent, but I find it charming for that reason. Like I find it kind of charmingly bad. And I, it makes me enjoy the movie more. He does have a lot of good one-liners that are very Southern that I enjoyed. Put um, the money back in the box. I just feel like he should have talked more in a Southern accent, you know? I mean, he uh, his Southern accent in Raising Arizona is better than in this movie. Yeah, and that's before this. And he's yeah. not, the thing about in, in the Raising Arizona is that he's got a better Southern accent and he's not even supposed to be a Southerner. Yeah, no, they're in Arizona. Or Wait. Are they in Arizona? They're in Arizona. Right. Yeah. So he's in... For some reason, I thought it was like New Mexico or something. Yeah, no, it's he's, he's it's in, in Arizona. Okay. In Arizona. Because he's like, we should go to Utah. Yeah. So, okay. I, I think I should say... I've actually never seen this movie before. This is when this is one of my like Nicolas Cage like blind spot movies. Yeah. Um had had you seen it? No. I think I've probably seen bits of it on TV and stuff like when I was younger, but I don't have really... My only like exposure to this movie was through like memes, essentially. Yeah, I um, didn't think that Nicolas Cage's role was going to be the good guy in this film. Well, I knew that. I I really yeah. kind of hoped it wasn't going to be. I, I knew like kind of what it was about. Yeah, um, I I kind of hoped that. See, I feel like that's where the film fails. Is that it's it's got redemption for Nicolas Cage's character. In fact, he's never really a bad guy. And you're even kind of mad that he's even in prison in the first place because you're like, uh, you know, he got attacked by three guys trying to defend his wife. Like, it feels like he should have been, he shouldn't have been put in prison in the first place. And as somebody who's in law school, it doesn't seem like he would have actually been put in prison for this amount of time. I mean, he got put in there for involuntary manslaughter. He wouldn't have gotten 10 years in a California prison in San Quentin for involuntary manslaughter well, when we were talking about this when we watched it i put it upon you to research the the law in this matter did you do that did you lo- live up to your end of the bargain oh i no. mean don't do it now if you didn't do it we gotta keep we gotta keep this train this plane rolling so yeah the movie basically begins with uh which i had no idea about this aspect of the movie i actually had no idea like why he was in prison at all mm-hmm. so when the movie starts with like him on like a military base like with the short hair and like in a army uniform i was like oh this is what this character is like i had no idea he was like an ex-military person um but yeah it kind of shows him he his what his uh wife works at like a bar mm-hmm and he goes to see her and these dudes start kind of hassling them and then as they're leaving later that night like you said they the guys try to attack Nick Cage and his wife 
uh, Nick Cage beats them up and ends up killing one of them. He does like the thing where you like punch their like nose bone, yeah, like through their brain. Yeah, so, like skeeves me out. So actually, te- okay, so manslaughter in Alabama is a Class B felony, and the possible prison sentence is between two and twenty years. Um, under Alabama uh, Code of Alabama Section 13A63, a person commits the crime of manslaughter if he recklessly causes the death of another person or under circumstances manifesting extreme indifference to human life, he or she rec- recklessly engages in conduct which creates a grave risk of death and thereby causes a death, except that he caused the death due to a sudden heat of passion. So I believe that um, what happened here is that because they said that he was a... A uh, deadly weapon. The judge says his body counts as a deadly weapon because he's he- he's heavily <laughs> trained. That would yeah. be under circumstances manifesting extreme indifference to human life because he himself is a deadly weapon. Yeah. Um, so it was involuntary manslaughter, but apparently in uh, Alabama, um, you can get a class B felony for that. Um, Even though it was pretty cut and dry, like self defense. Yeah. But you know, I guess that still stands. Um, well, um, self-defense is a, is a defense. So even if you, you can get like, you can meet the test for manslaughter, but all that self-defense is, is like, Hey, you know, even though he did commit manslaughter, it was self-defense. So you, a defense can still fail. Sure. Yeah. Right. Right. And, uh, and it ultimately doesn't matter because it has to, ha- the movie has to happen. So he has to go to jail. Yeah. Um, that's, that's really the ultimate point. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes to, so he goes, he's sentenced to 10 years and then kind of through the opening, the opening credit sequence is like him and his new, uh, his wife is pregnant at the time he yeah. goes to jail and then his daughter is born and then they, they kind of correspond over the course of eight yeah, you years. You see like really cute, like letters being sent between him and his daughter. He's receiving pictures of his wife and his daughter Lots and his of- wife stood by him. Stands by her man. Like for 10 years. It's Yeah, eight years. Oh, yeah, eight years. So if um, you got imprisoned. Yes. For eight years, do you think that I'd stand by you? Uh, yeah. Would you? I don't know if I'm that kind of... I, could, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I could... I don't know if I like would be like, okay, yeah, my husband killed somebody... I mean, I guess if he was doing it to protect me and we had a kid together, like, it would be different, but I, I don't know. I mean, like, eight years in prison, I feel like that's a really long time to be away from somebody and to not communicate with them very much. I get, yeah, and don't they say that his wife, or at least his daughter, never visited him, but do they mm-hmm. say that his wife ever visited him? They just said the daughter never visited so him. So I assume the wife probably did possibly they didn't but at the point is during all this this opening credit sequence we see him fucking working out yeah doing crazy exercises in his prison cell yes kind of like iroh and uh if anybody knows i'm talking about uncle iroh and avatar last airbender when he's doing all the push-ups and the pull-ups on the pipes he does the thing where he's like cross-legged but and like lifting himself up yeah like over the ground with Mm -hmm. his arms yeah which is just cool. And we see his hair growing throughout this whole sequence. Yes, which, which is pretty good. So it, when it's ultimately at its, the length it is for the rest of the movie, the the iconic, the iconic Nick Cage 
Conair haircut that I'm sure everybody knows. Yeah. Um, I gave his hair a 10 out of 10 because like, how could you not? It's a 10 out of 10. Honestly, I'd maybe give it one extra bonus point just because you see his hair go through multiple stages. Yeah, it's a, it's an 11 out of 10. To be totally honest. It's an 11 out of 10. So I think this might be, I, I doubt anything else will top this movie as far as hair goes. No. So I think this might, this is the best Nick Cage hair movie. Yeah, hair wise, yes. Yeah. I don't know. This movie overall is very cheesy. I yeah. feel like it's it definitely feeds into the um hey, here are all these celebrities, have a good time with it. Let's just get, let them make a bunch of jokes and uh put yeah. violence and explosions in between. Oh, look, it's a good movie. Like that's what it feels like. I I like this movie more than Ashley did. It felt um, very cheesy. I don't disagree, but I just thought it was I liked it. I like that about it. Um but yeah, Nick Cage uh, is paroled after eight years of his 10-year sentence. Yes. Um, and he is basically put onto this transport plane um, that's taking all these... He's basically just hitching a ride mm-hmm. with all these other prisoners who are being moved to like a different prison. Yeah, so um, let me let me go ahead and give... Uh, give the Roger Ebert uh, synopsis of all the people who are in the plane. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to quote straight from the Roger Ebert uh, review. Midway in Con Air, the Nicolas Cage character observes, somehow they managed to get every creep and freak in the universe on this one plane. That's the same thought I was having. The plane, a hijacked flight of dangerous convicts, has so many criminal superstars on it, it's like a weirdo version of those comic books where the superheroes hold a summit. Let's take an inventory. There's the ringleader, which is Cyrus the Virus, played by John Malkovich. I think he rules in this movie. I think he's really good. Yeah. There's Diamond Dog, played by Ving Rhames, a black militant who's pretending to be Cyrus's lieutenant until he sees an opening to make his own move. Johnny 23, which is played by Danny Trejo, so-called because of his 23 convictions for rape. And he said said something about it. It would be Johnny 600 if they knew the whole story. He's a he's one of the more nasty characters in the movie. And then there's Garland Green, played by Steve Buscemi, a serial killer with 37 victims who arrives on the board encased in a custom-made restraints patterned after he's Hannibal bas- Lecter's yeah, traveling suit. I was going to say he's ba- he's basically Hannibal Lectored up. Yeah. Uh, when the, he's introduced. And then Cyrus says, "There's no way to treat a national treasure." <laughs> um, and then they're all on the same flight, right? So the only person on there who's a good guy is Cameron Poe. Yeah. So basically we're introduced to, to all the other convicts when John Cusack shows up and mm-hmm. basically just tells tells the other like officers and then by extension the audience like what everyone's kind of deal is. Yeah. And um, there's also uh, on the plane n- sitting next to Nicolas Cage's character is a guy who has, diabe- who has diabetes. Yeah. Who was in prison with Nick Cage. His yeah. friend uh, Babio is his name. Yeah. Uh, McKelty Williamson, Bubba from Forrest Gump. Yeah. So he um, is he's diabetic and he needs his insulin and they keep on like not getting it to him. And during the he's hijacking also, of the plane, they step on his yeah. insulin and break it. He's also like one the other like, quote unquote, like good guy. Yeah. On the plane with Nick Cage. So friends. the only reason Nicolas Cage even stays on this flight is to get the insulin to for pr- his bud. Yeah, because he wants to help his friend. Um, so they hijack the plane. They hijack, yeah, I'm trying to think what and the course of And they uh, kidnap was. the guards. Yeah. They use the guards as a ruse to get pe- through Carson City, and then they turn around and go back towards um, Los Angeles. 
but they yeah. use another plane. They're like, so like, uh, Dave Chappelle gets off the plane. He's supposed to be like a crackhead. Gets off the plane, puts the the transponder into another plane. There's this like hillbilly guy flying the plane from then on out. Um, yeah. We're, we, that, somehow there's we, a random hillbilly prisoner that knows how to fly a plane. Well, okay. We just like, you just tore through like a big part of the movie. Um, wow. Sorry. That's okay. That's okay. But I do want to point some stuff out. Okay. Um, again, right before they get on the plane at the beginning, you get the classic cage moment where he feels the wind on his face. Yes. Um, which, yeah, classic. Um, the pilot of the plane is uh, Azazel from Supernatural, the yellow-eyed demon from the first couple seasons. Oh, it is. Yes, yeah, so I told you that when we were watching it. I didn't really think about it until... Mm-hmm. That's him. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Oh, 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 she's pouring herself some wine. She finished her marg. Oh, yeah. Listen to that pour. Oh my god. This bottle's almost empty. <laughs> <laughs> These mugs are deceptively large. We're having a good time here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they basically... Oh, that is good. I like Chardonnay. Um, they basically incapacitate the guards. I think Rames, like, totally wrecks one of the guards with, like, some handcuffs. He, like, stabs him in the neck with, like, the open handcuffs, and it's pretty gnarly. Um, I thought this movie was, like... Is this movie rated R? Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, I was they say, say fuck a lot. We didn't say how they hijacked the plane. So Dave Chappelle's character distracts the guards um, by catching his catching his like next door like seatmate on fire. Oh and yeah, and then steals the keys and lets out Cyrus. Yeah, Dave Chappelle. Yeah, the other guy was a is a Native American. Dave Chappelle says some pretty racist shit to him yep and then sets him on fire <laughs> and then uh diamond dog and uh cyrus the virus both have pins hidden in their hands and they use that to get out of their handcuffs and then they do all the yeah stuff so the they cards. clearly like they they've been planning this for a while you could get the sense yeah this, this movie was which ra- we find out later whenever we see the crazy plans in his cell yeah yeah and this movie was rated r by the way for some reason i thought it was like pg-13 Oh no! And then there's like not. more. There was as we we're watching, I was like, they're saying fuck a lot, which you're only allowed to say once in a PG-13 movie. Yeah, and, and also uh, a lot, quite a lot of blood. Johnny Twenty Three tried to rape the girl in the movie. Obviously, it's rated R. Well, yeah, that makes sense too. There's yeah. like a female guard that Nicolas Cage like that takes under his wing. The basically the three main like good people on the plane are Nick Cage, uh, McKelty Williamson, and the guard yeah the lady guard i forget her name um but i mean basically what's happening is is that there's a lot of conflict on the plane between the different prisoners right they know that they're about to land their second stop is uh carson city and that's where they're picking up the other dangerous uh, prisoners one of them whose name i can't remember is supposed to be their hookup it's like a drive a drug crime lord yeah, yeah, He's yeah. He's supposed to be their hookup for a new plane. Um, Francisco Sindino. Yeah, so they get they pick up Sindino. And and also on the plane we should mention is an undercover DEA agent. Yes. That they that John Cusack and uh, the other guy put on the plane. Yeah. He ends up dying 
fairly early on. Yeah, because he wasn't um, supposed to have a gun on himself. Yeah, and he... uh, the the other DA guy puts a plants a gun on him as mm-hmm. like he's about to get on the plane because like there was a big hubbaloo where John Cusack was like, "We're not going to have any weapons on this plane. Like, make him give up his guns." And then he does, but then the other guy gives one of his guns back without yeah. John Cusack knowing. Yeah, and that um, ends up causing a problem. Ends up basically leading to his his death. That's why he died is because he had a gun. Yes. Got to listen to John Cusack, man. So the sequence where they actually like, so they basically have killed all the guards except for the female guard. I keep. I they feel, kicked three of them off of the plane. Yeah. They but but whenever they got the guards off the plane, Nicholas Cage planted the tape that was in the DA the DA agent's pocket onto the person so that whenever the guard beat up the guard the other guard yeah <laughs> they found out that their the hi- plane was hijacked yeah so what john malkovich does is take the guards they've captured put them in convict outfits and they put on guard outfits and then they bagged them and gagged them yeah so they can do like a prisoner exchange at carson city um and i like this whole sequence it takes place during a sandstorm um they're just pretending to be the the prison guards um, while getting... This is where Steve Buscemi gets on the plane. Mm-hmm. He's all tied up like Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, this is um, also where uh, Dave Chappelle gets off the plane and takes out the transponder, which is supposed to be the tracking tracking device. And he puts it into another plane, and that's where he gets ca- caught up talking with like this He's lady. He's like flirting with this lady. Yeah, and he en- ends up getting left behind because of it while the plane's taking off. Um, the guard ultimately leads to his death because he tries to climb in the bottom and his, he gets choked to death. Yeah. Uh, the guard is a Sally Bishop, by the way, is the lady Mm. guard. So guard Sally Bishop. Um, so after they pick up these new prisoners, including the drug Lord guy that they're wanting, why, why do they want the drug Lord guy? Um, because he is the person who's supposed to have a plane waiting for, for them to escape to a non extradition country. Um, and then they, they get the, is the, the pilot, the original pilot, one of the ones that they swap. Yeah. Uh, so that's where they pick up the like hillbilly guy, but kind of has the same haircut as Nick Cage, <laughs> honestly, but he has like a big, a big mustache and is, you know, older. Yeah. And um, he just happens to know how to fly a plane. Yeah. 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 Whatever. He's like a, a pilot or something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they've, they've removed the transponder. So the DEA can no longer track the plane. Dave Chappelle put it in this other plane. So that plane is a tourist, like a tourist plane. Yeah. Um, so when like that plane takes off with like, a group of tourists, um, they're tracking that plane. Yeah. Instead so of the correct one. They're under the impression that the plane is going a different direction than it actually is going. Um, but it's the, the con plane is headed towards Lerner, uh, Lerner airport, which is right below. Uh, it's like in Southern California. Right. So while this is all going on, um, Nicolas Cage knows that the transponder is gone and uh, he goes down to the belly of the plane because somebody had figured out that he he had told everybody that he had 15 years left. But uh, somebody read his parole and picked up a bunny that was in his okay. thing for his daughter. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Nick Cage has, has a gift for his daughter. He's going to meet his daughter for the first time. Uh, he got her a stuffed bunny, mm-hmm. and when he goes down into the cargo hold, there's this one uh, prisoner who like doesn't trust him from the beginning. Yeah, and he's down there, and he sees like the like parole letter, 
and he has he, he's holding that and the stuffed bunny and this is where we get the one of the things that scenes I did know from this movie is put the bunny back in the box and then they fight yeah Nick Cage kills him he's like why couldn't you put the bunny back in the box <laughs> like I asked you to so uh, he kills that guy, and of course the the body's found later. But while that's happening, um, there's like a a sequence I think maybe before this where they're flying over a city, and they find Dave Chappelle's body. Nicholas Cage writes a letter to uh, to John Cusack, John Cusack on, his, on his t-shirt on the t-shirt of um, of Dave Chappelle's body and it falls onto this like oh, oh, oh so what happens okay i think this is how it happens uh Nick Cage and the guy who he will ultimately kill mm-hmm. go down there to like figure out what's like something is weighing the plane down and they yeah. find it's Dave Chappelle's body yeah and so the other guy's like go ahead and get rid of that body and that's when when he's not looking he writes the message yeah. And then he goes back up and then when he comes back down, that's when the guy has like the parole letter and the yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how that's the how it goes. Um so yeah, he drops Dave Chappelle's body. Uh there's lots of questionable CGI in this movie. That's and this is another moment of it. Um where we see Dave Chappelle's body falling down on this like random city. It ends up just um, landing on the car of this like this old man and old lady are in a car and he's like, man, I just washed this car and it's got bird poop on the windshield. This always happens. And then the a body hits the car and, you know. And then like three other cars crash into their car. It was actually pretty funny there. We chuckled. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I like those two like random little characters. They're funny. <laughs> um, so John Cusack now then finds out that... Um, that they're actually headed towards Lerner Airport. And that they have somebody on the plane mm-hmm. who is like trying to help out. Like help them basically. Yeah, but the thing about it is is that the DEA agent who is going after the tourist plane they doesn't trust John Cusack's judgment anymore and is decides that he's just gonna go do his own thing. Yeah. This this other DEA agent is Cole Meany. Mm-hmm. Um he was on a Star Trek. He was on Star Trek. Um, but um, John Cusack doesn't work for the DEA. John Cusack works no. for the U.S. Marshal Service. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a weird, like jurisdictional issue between yeah. the DEA and the because the DEA doesn't like him. The DEA. The reason why the DEA is involved is because one of the people on the plane, right, the guy uh, who has who is meeting up the undercover. What's his? No, not the undercover. The other, the other guy, the drug lord that gets in the plane. Yeah. He like the DEA is involved because he's in on the. Oh plane. yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So the DEA is trying to make sure that the drug lord does not escape custody. And uh, essentially what's occurring during all of this is that there's conflict between the DEA agents and uh, the U.S. Marshal Service. And John Cusack calls the DEA and is like, hey, you're chasing the wrong wrong plane. They're headed to Lerner Airport. And they say, shut up. And they just keep on chasing um, this little. Yeah. And then John Cusack is like fuck this and he takes Cole Meany's car yeah it's like sports car um because like the, he's he wants to he's like I, I need a plane I need a plane and then like some dude at the office is like you got a fast car you can get there yeah you can get there in a fast car he's like I have 50 minutes he's like you can get there in a fast car um they, he he looks uh it's kind of a funny moment he looks at his like shitty like shitty car looks at the sports car and is like all right 
He takes yeah. the, he takes the car. He takes the sports car. Yes. Um, and he gets there on time to meet up with the cons. Yeah. So my impression of this movie before I watched it was that I thought there would be more of it, more action stuff on the plane than there was. Mm-hmm. The the plane lands like a couple of times, and that's where a lot of the big action sequences happen. Yeah. Um, and this is probably the biggest action sequence when they land at Lerner Airfield. Yeah, well, um, Nicolas Cage's big thing is that he needs to help his friend get insulin. Yes. So he... So in the, in the original, like, scuffle when the prisoners took the plane, all this shit got, like, shattered. And yeah, so the he, insulin so still in, exists, but the, the there's actual... There's no syringe, syringe. So for him to actually mm-hmm. get it into his system. So he's um, looking for a syringe, but he told them he was going to go look for fuel. Yeah, so... Okay. And this is the part where when they land at Lerner Airfield, where Nick Cage first gets off the plane, and he's taken off his, like, con like shirt and he's just add another entry to the tank top tracker mm-hmm. this is one of the most iconic nick cage tank top movies yeah. obviously um the things i knew about this movie before i watched it nick cage has long hair yeah where's the tank top put the bunny back in the box yeah all right those are the three things that everyone knows about this movie yeah i didn't know and those things but i knew the tank top and the long hair Anyway, <laughs> to continue the theme of us talking about Nick Cage's body, this is another. <laughs> so Don't when he get when he gets off started. when he gets off the plane, he's very shiny with sweat. And he's wearing a tank top and jeans. Yeah, <laughs> and he's got his hair. <laughs> Looks good. And he like he Ving Rhames wants to kill a few of the guards, and then Nick Cage convinces him not to do it. Yeah, and then John. He Malkovich. says that they're that's their only like uh, leverage. Yeah, then John Malkovich agrees and is like, "All right, yeah, he's right." Um, yeah, but the real reason is because Nicolas Cage is a good guy and he doesn't want the guards to get murdered. Yes, yeah, and so Nick Cage kind of goes off on his own at this point. He's trying to get insulin or get a syringe, and um, is he trying to link up with John Cusack at this point? No, or he he just happens he, to show up. Like gets in a fight with a. With the the drug lords, drug lords like friends who friends have who a, have the plane who's hiding the jet. plane. Yeah, they have like a little like a little jet that they're yeah. gonna um pick up the drug lord in. Yeah. And you know Leave. Get out of there. Um so while that's happening, Nicolas Cage gets into a shootout with those people and John Cusack jumps in and, and helps him out. Helps him out, gets then, those people taken care of. And then they kind of introduce themselves to each other. They're like pointing their guns at each mm-hmm. other. Um, and then. Because John, John Cusack has thought that he's a good guy this whole yeah, time. John Cusack is like, you wrote me that. Like, are you the one who wrote me that note? Yeah. On that guy's body. And he's also uh, also was already had already talked to Nicolas Cage's family. And, you know, it was like, I talked to your wife. I talked to your daughter. Yeah. Oh, so when when he's introducing all the people at the start. Like mm-hmm. all the big bad criminals on the plane, and they get to Cameron Poe. He's like, oh, he's nobody. Yeah, John Cusack's like, he's a he's a nobody. So I think he just kind of assumes that that's the one who's helping him. No, 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 um, because he then looks him up again and finds out that he he's like that he, he was he, a ranger. He's only in there for defending him with his wife, and that he's basically just hitching a ride to like get out of prison. Yeah, he's like, oh, like okay, he's, he's so he's the good guy on the plane. Yeah, so that he kind of puts two and two together that he's the one who's trying to help him. Yeah. Um. 
Nicolas Cage then afterwards finds the syringe, gets stuck under while the explosions are like so the tr- the plane is about to take off with the uh, drug lord guy. Nicolas Cage is underneath the fire engine, and then um, somebody stops the plane. The plane crashes, bl- makes a huge explosion occur, and Nicolas Cage has a conversation under the fire engine with the guy. Grabs the syringe, goes back to the plane, ties the plane off to. A post. There's okay, so yeah, this is the part where like the cons have like ambushed this group of like cops that have shown up. Yeah. And like everything's exploding, and then this is this is probably my favorite like scene in the movie, just because it's like so crazy and goofy. Where like he's running, he 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 throws the the rope around like a thing. Yeah. Um, and he's. He's running through all these explosions. Well, the cops, the cops getting massacred in the junkyard is actually pretty cool. Yeah. Um, like they've set a trap, basically. Yeah, with propane tanks and yeah, all this kind of stuff. And then John Cusack is like seeing this about to happen. He's like, "Oh God, these guys are oh, going to get slaughtered." Oh, speaking of cops getting slaughtered, didn't somebody die on the set of this movie? Yes. Oh yes. Thank you for reminding me so somebody died for this movie um let me i'm reading this from wikipedia on august 29th 1996 philip schwartz a welder employed by special effects unlimited a los angeles based firm was crushed to death at windover when a static model of the c-123 used in the film fell on him the film credits end with in memory of phil schwartz man that's rough yeah so Kind of makes you wish the movie was better. <laughs> yeah, someone died for it. Um, I like this movie. I think this movie's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> I like it. So um, apparently, um, John Malkovich also wasn't very happy with the way this, like, the during filming of this film because they kept on changing his script. I think John Malkovich might be, like, the per- best person in the movie. Yeah, like, as but- far as acting goes and, like, their just performance. Well, I mean, John Malkovich wasn't happy with it. John Cusack apparently also uh, hates it so much that he refuses to be interviewed about it. I have heard this. Like, you do, you can't ask John Cusack about Con Air. <laughs> apparently, Nicolas Cage traveled to Alabama to perfect his accent. Well. <laughs> he didn't do a very good job of that. see how that turned out. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like... I think I, you're a little bit hard on his accent. There's a lot of... Apparently, like, everybody kept on... Um, Danny Trejo said that a lot of the guys, because there's so many big name actors on this film, were having like tough guy competitions. Like they were competing with each other to be like, you know, who's the macho, most macho guy. Danny Trejo plays the most evil person. Um, I like Danny Trejo a lot. Yeah, because he tries to rape the guard girl multiple times. Oh, yeah. That's another thing that's kind of happening during this big action sequence is it's also it's a race against time for nick cage to get the insulin and to prevent the guard from getting raped by danny yeah. trejo um, which he doesn't know is happening at the time obviously because he's not in the plane but mckelsey williamson is like basically going into shock or whatever and he's like trying to stop it himself he's yeah. like crawling over to him and then he can't really do anything and at the very last second nick cage shows up and beats up Danny Trejo and ties him up. So I think this plane is haunted. Excuse me? I think this plane is haunted. Because we just said a few minutes ago that a guy died during a model of this plane. Yeah. Well, in 2003, it was sold. 
to um, All West Freight in Delta Junction, Alaska. And in 2010, it crashed into a fucking mountain and killed three people. And you think it was Philip Schwartz? I think his I think vengeful, it was haunted. His, venge, his vengeful spirit. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like three people died in the plane that this movie was. Well, I did read that a lot of the interior scenes of the plane were actually just on a soundstage in Los Angeles. So they didn't like shoot all the movie inside an actual plane. Yeah. But I know from, obviously for some stuff they had a real plane. That obviously. was the plane used for the flight scenes gotcha. when it was up in the air. A lot of times when the plane's flying, it's also CGI and it looks bad. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, I was talking about John Malkovich. I mm-hmm. like him as a villain a lot. He's really good in this. That's all. I just want to finish my thought about John Malkovich. Um, I mean, he did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so after Nick Cage comes back with the insulin and beats up Danny Trejo, the plane takes off. Yes. Oh, they kill? John Malkovich figures out that the drug lord guy is trying to escape without him. Yes. Basically. And they kill him. Yes. And then they get back on the plane. They fly off and they have the stingray hiding, like, hooked to the back because the rope that Nicolas Cage had tied to a post got disconnected and got connected to the stingray. And the stingray went flying through the air and then fell and crashed. And then, yeah, Comey is like, is that, is like, no, the guy asks him, like, is that your car? He's like, no, my car is back at the office. And yeah, the, but it, it wasn't. Crashes in front of them, and he picks up the license plate. What does the license plate say? It says something. No, it's just the California license plate. No, it's spelled. It had like a, like a little thing on it, like a little saying on it. Oh, have I don't think so. I, I don't, don't think it did. I think it did. I just don't remember what it said. Um, but but then they realize, oh, who tied a rope to our plane? It had to be somebody, and they're like, okay. Well, it's definitely you because you're the one who's out for parole because they went and like read his documents. Uh, Diamond went and read his documents. And so they go to kill him and uh, they go to like say, oh, who's the traitor? But his friend who has diabetes steps in front of him and gets shot. Yes. Yeah, he's about to come clean. Um, and then his friend sacrifices himself, gets shot. Um, he does not die. He does not die. He doesn't die, but he's shot, and oh man, I'm having trouble recollecting just like the. I mean, after that, Nicholas Cage essentially gets. After this happens, he basically uh, traps everybody into the th- the first locked doors. Goes to the second set of locked doors and goes up to the cockpit. Makes the guy try to land the plane. However, they're running low on fuel, so they can't drop. They can't. Uh, like land the plane properly and they get told by uh, right the DEA is going to shoot down the plane but he's told by John Cusack not to do it so he doesn't do it and they tried to land it on the Las Vegas airstrip but they can't so they end up basically land I think it's Caesar Palace they just like end up landing the plane directly into the casino and uh, yeah yeah during all this Nick Cage also gets shot one time and it just doesn't phase him. Not at all. And I asked while we were watching it, when you have muscles like that, do your muscles act like Kevlar? Yeah. And they can stop bullets. No, they can't do that. It seems like that's what happened, though. It seems like that's how they wanted to portray it. Yeah. He just was not phased by yeah. you know, getting shot in the arm. Um, so they, they land on the Vegas Strip. Um, mm-hmm. And then 
you're like, okay, people are getting captured. This is great. It's ending. Danny Trejo gets killed when the plane crashes. Like they take his body away and like his arm is still like hanging. <laughs> Which he handcuff. fucking deserved it. Yes. Um, but the big thing that happens is that uh, Cyrus the virus and the diamond are crawling from it, crawling underneath the uh, plane. They escape in a fire truck. We see Cyrus hanging off the top of a fire truck. And then we see Nicolas Cage and John Cusack teaming up to get him. They get on motorcycles. The best part is that the before this, he told whenever they were like pointing guns at each other earlier, um, John Cusack and Nicolas Cage, John uh, Nicolas Cage is like, I only trust two men, and I'm one of them, and you're not the other. And then at the end of the, at the end of this like fight scene where they finally get Cyrus the virus, and he like runs into uh, like this like land bridge that causes money to fly everywhere, or whatever. Yeah. After that, he looks at John Cusack and he's like. I now trust three men, and you are one of them. And he never reveals who the second one is. It's his dad, man. Do they? He doesn't say that. Though. No, but I know it. I said su- I suggested it was Jesus because he's you know a he's a Southern gentleman. Okay, whatever. Um, but yeah, during this chase <laughs> that they're on, John Cusack and Nick Cage are on motorcycles. They're chasing the fire truck that uh, John Malkovich is on, and they get on. Uh, John Cusack takes the like fire hose and like and like sets it off mm-hmm. inside of like the the cabin where yeah. the guy's driving. Is it being no? It's the pilot. The pilot's driving. The pilot is driving, and is Ving Rhames there still? He yet is not seen again. Okay, so it's just John Malkovich and the pilot. But the, guy. but but the diamond does escape. We just he's just not on the fire truck. Okay. I don't know why. Anyway, anyway, Cyrus Virus gets handcuffed to the top of the ladder and the ladder gets raised. Yes. And he gets a pretty great death scene where he gets his head smashed by a pile driver. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Pile driver waltz, baby. The the best character in the movie gets the coolest death. You love to see it. (sighs) You're Uh, obsessed with him. He's really good in this movie. So they go back to the scene of the crash and Nicolas Cage delivers the bunny to his daughter who doesn't seem very happy to see him. Well, she's scared of him because he looks, you know, scary. He's got wounds on him and stuff and he's dirty because he's been through this ordeal, you know. Then you hear, how could I live without you? But not the Leanne Rimes version, some weird off-brand version. Yeah, the same song they play at the start of the movie. Like when it's he, the, it gets played three times throughout the when movie. When he goes to visit his his wife at her work at yeah. the start before he kills the guy. Um so he gives the the bunny is all kind of gross and dirty now, but he gives it to her. Um They hug. They hug. The movie ends. And we see that uh Steve Buscemi, who we haven't really talked about at all, really, um, is at a casino. And Wiki- the Wikipedia plot summary says Oh, let me see. Uh, it says the only criminal unaccounted for is Garland Green, which is Steve, Bus- Steve Buscemi, who gambles at an undisclosed casino and is now apparently reformed. Well, we do see him um, well, say, uh, have this like conversation with the uh, the little girl, and she yeah, sings so with him. They. When they're at Lerner Airfield, he goes off and like he's like l- looking at this little girl, which they don't really specify like 
that he specifically killed little girls. Yeah. But I guess that's implied. Um, But he goes and kind of has a conversation with her and um, it's left ambiguous for a few minutes whether or not he actually killed her. But then she shows up later on in the scene. She's like, bye. Yeah. So I guess that reformed him and he doesn't, he's not a killer anymore. Would they sing, you got the whole world. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. And John, hands. Uh, Steve Buscemi sings that as the plane is like going down, crashing. Yeah, at the end. But he, you know, he's at a he's gambling in a casino and he's flirting with girls, and you know, he's a mass murderer who has been released. That's great. Yeah. So, but no, he he's been reformed apparently according to Wikipedia. Yeah. Which I don't know why they say that. But <laughs> I don't know what happens. Are we meant to assume that like his scene with that little girl made him realize that it's bad to kill people? I guess. I don't mean, I guess the Wikipedia writer <laughs> thinks that, but I don't know. Right. Maybe he's still a murderer. Anyway, they need, needs a little citation needed Wikipedia at the end <laughs> of this article. Okay, um, so. So that's, that was Con Air. I yeah. mean, there's not a lot of like to the movie plot wise, honestly. I mean, you should just watch it. It's good. It's good. I liked it more than you. Yeah. Um, should we go through our. Yeah, so Con Air had a 56% tomato meter, 75% audience score, a 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb, and a 52 meta score. Um, so uh, the movie was also a box office hit. It grossed $224 million worldwide mm-hmm. off a $75 million budget. Um, and it obviously got a lot of play on you know, TV and shit. Um, that's where I feel like a lot of people have seen this movie. It's just one of those movies that played on TV all the time. And like, yeah. You know, TNT and whatnot. Um, shall we do our, our ratings? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, you want to go first? Yeah. So, again, our criteria are com- is commitment, pathos, overall quality of the film, Cage's contribution, and Cage Factor. So for commitment, I gave this a 4.5 out of 5. Say what you will about the accent and your the how the quality of the accent itself. It is a very committed performance. I don't really think you can argue with that. I gave it a 4 okay. because of the awkward early scene um, where he was interacting with people very like in very weird ways. What do you mean? Uh, I remember like when we were watching, I wrote this awkward early scenes, but when we watched it at the beginning, I remember going at a couple of the early scenes because they felt very awkward. Um, okay. I'd have to watch it again to tell you exactly which ones. Okay. What did you get for pathos? I gave it a four out of five. I gave it a four as well. He's fairly locked into what the movie's doing. Yeah. What about so, overall quality? Uh, a 3.5 out of 5. I also gave it a 3.5 out of 5. All right. Cage's contribution, I gave a 4.5. I gave it a 4. Okay. Cage factor, I gave a 4. I gave it a 3.7. I didn't see anything in here that besides the bunny in the box part that was really uh, that was really like cagey. It didn't feel like there was any like out over the top acting here. Um, a lot of action scenes, but not any over the top acting. Cage Factor is one of those weird categories where it's kind of whatever you want it to be. Like yeah. for, for for me, it's not simply just having the quote unquote cagey moments. It's like I don't know. I need it's, the over the top moments. I, I understand. I like the action. I love whenever he does a lot of action scenes in a film. That, like that, he did see, in this that, one. so that's kind of what I'm counting. 
with yeah. my score. Well, I mean, 3.7 is not bad. No, it's not bad at all. So my overall score was a 4.1. My overall score was a 3.84. Um, so which ends up with a total score for Con Air. The cage-off score is 3.97. It's not too bad. You can go ahead and just round it up to four, I guess, if you, um, if you, if you so choose. I would prefer 3.97. <laughs> okay. those Yeah, those point zero three points are very important. Very important to me. All right. Fair enough. All right. So, that's, so we're going to take a break, and then we're going to get started on a score to settle. What a bad movie. Yeah. And we're back. I've gotten so um, used to red wine that drinking white wine really... Yeah, you're not the biggest fan of white wine. It doesn't really hit the spot anymore. All right, so I'm going to polish off this bottle because I'm running low. You still have a ton of wine left. He's just drinking at a higher rate than I am. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Is that it? That's it. Oh, I, no. I was worried it was going to overflow, but uh, it... It was. It's fine. Very, very happy for this. Okay, so the next movie we're going to talk about. Um, don't. Okay, before we watch it, I'm going to give you a disclaimer. Before we talk about, it, I'm going to give you a disclaimer. Don't watch it. Um, because it's not good. Okay. Uh, I. So a score. Uh, we're talking about a score to settle, which is kind of. We'll get into it, but this is the movie that I think of most. This is the kind of movie I think of when I think of. A modern cage movie yeah late stage nicholas cage late late stage nicholas cage it probably comes out comes out direct to video it doesn't play in theaters really at all mm-hmm. is about a movie about him getting revenge yes. someone has wronged him either someone has killed his wife or his his boy and he has a score to settle that's not what's happened in this movie but that's just the kind of movie you know what i mean like when I think of a late yeah. stage in a cage movie, it's a VOD movie. He is an old. Yeah, you're right. A, Neither he's of getting revenge. Happened. He's getting revenge of of some sort. Um, and the movie the movie sucks. Like, what the yeah. what do you want me to say? It's not a good movie. Go ahead. Get, what what's this movie about? So, a score to settle is a 2019 action crime drama. Uh, directed by Sean Koo. I think he's a Korean director. Uh, Sean Koo is a U.S. choreography in motion choreographer and motion picture picture director. Um, He has been a dancer on Broadway. He has acted in independent film. Um, He actually graduated from Harvard University as a chemistry uh, pre-med major and uh, was going to go to Columbia Med School before he became a director. So he's a really smart guy. He he directed only one movie before this. He really should have stuck with being a doctor. So the movie he directed before this came out in 2010, I think I read. Yeah. This came out almost a decade later. A Beautiful Boy. Um, Yeah. And he did direct... Which is different from the Amazon movie Beautiful Boy with Timothy Chalamet and Steve Carell, which is actually a decent movie. Um, I don't know what this A Beautiful Boy is. No, it is just Beautiful Boy. Really? That's just called Beautiful Boy and they were still able to name that Amazon movie that? It's a 2010 drama film starring Michael Sheen and Maria Bello. Do you know the movie I'm talking about? No. Okay. It was like an Amazon original movie with Timothy Chalamet. I that came out like I, in 2018. I, you know, people say Timothy, Timothy Chalamet a lot, but I don't know who that is. Uh, he was in 
Oh, he's like the hot. He's like the hot new like young guy. He looks like a thirteen-year-old boy. He's gonna be Paul in Dune, the Dune movie. I don't know what Dune is. Okay, uh, so the movie, <laughs> oh, the IMDb synopsis is an ex, an ex enforcer for a local crime syndicate has vowed to enact retribution on his mob bosses after 19 Mm. years of wrongful imprisonment. The only thing diverting his violent plans is a newfound relationship with his beloved son. His boy. So I'm about to give you guys a spoiler. Yeah, it's full spoilers for this movie because it's not worth watching. It's not worth your time. Yeah, yeah, So, uh, sure, he... uh, he has a relationship with his, his son. son was dead the whole time his son was dead the whole time yes. um so essentially what happens is is that his uh boss right I'm, I'm, we're gonna get into it further in a minute i i kind of don't even want to give i'm gonna give a plot synopsis and then we can talk about the bad parts of the movie what made the movie bad what made the movie good okay so essentially what happens is is that nicholas cage Young Nicolas Cage, which is actually played by, I don't know if you know this, it is played by Nicolas Cage's nephew. I, I was, uh, I did Bailey make a note Coppola. that like, it's a, a good approximation of like a young Nick Cage. Yeah, like, because it is of, his nephew. I was going to say, that makes sense. Yeah, it's Christopher Coppola's son. Yeah. The director of Deadfall. Yes. Wow. So, his uh, boy plays a young Nick Cage in flashbacks. Um, yeah, so. So uh, he does, he does, he looks decently like a young nick cage which is it's kind of it's kind of neat yeah. yeah so uh young nick cage right uh is for young frank 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 is his um name. he is he's hanging doing this thing with his mob people and they're beating up a guy and he leaves the room and he comes back the guy is dead because the boss had killed him with a baseball bat yeah. Um, and Nicholas Cage ends up going to prison for 19 years for this. And when he leaves to go to prison, he asks the mob boss to, to make sure he takes care of his son um, because his wife, had, Joey, because his, his wife had just died. Yes. Um, so when he gets out of prison, he decides that he's going to seek retribution for going to prison. Or at least you think that's why he's seeking retribution. <sighs> yes. But the thing is, he got out of prison because he had a disease that he caused has, him. He has insomnia. He has like chronic insomnia. Yeah, to and the point the, where he's gonna die. At the beginning, there, there's a scene where he's at the doctor at like the prison, I guess. Yeah. Where she's like, you know, prolonged insomnia can lead to like dementia and eventually death. So if he, she, she literally says, if you don't sleep, you'll die. She gives him medicine, <laughs> uh-huh. but he doesn't take it. Yeah, he doesn't like. He doesn't want to take it because it's a controlled substance. Uh, so he yeah. goes and he. Um, decides that he's going to go. He, him, and his son meet while walking in a certain direction, walking towards a place. Well, he finds, goes by his old house, digs up a box of cash, and decides that him and his son are going to go live to, it up, live it up, stay at a nice hotel, have a good time, yeah. go buy suits together, go have um, some boys to father time. Yeah, the scene where he leaves prison and meets his son right before he leaves the prison. I don't know if. I should count this, but he does wear a tank top before he like puts on his regular shirt. Does that, this that, count? That's on the tank top counter. Tank top tracker. So Which is unfortunate both, because both films. <laughs> yeah. Late stage Nick. Late stage Nick Cage is not hot. He Sorry looks, if you're listening, Nick, which you're not. He looks so bad. Do you don't know that? He looks so bad in this movie. <laughs> I gave his hair a two point five out of ten. It's probably the worst his hair has ever looked. His current girlfriend's pretty hot though. Have you seen her? 
Uh, she's like a like an Asian lady. Yeah, she's right? a young Asian lady. She's really pretty. She's pretty hot. They they got uh there's pictures of them going out for brunch at the beginning of the pandemic. She's a pretty hot girl. Pretty hot girl. Well. Anyway, so so he, go on. Sorry. Uh, so this scene where after he picks up the cash that was basically the hush money to yeah. get him to take the rap for his boss. Um, there's a scene where they're riding in a cab. A uh, nice acoustic song is playing. Um, that sounded dismissive, but I actually kind of like this scene. When you realize that his son is dead, this movie is really weird to watch. Like, yeah, I try. I tried to watch to rewatch this movie again. I got bored. Yeah, and just skipped. To it's the a end. really boring movie for most of the part. Most but, for most part, but well, he can't sleep. So at n- during the day, he's spending time with his son at this nice uh, hotel. But what I wanted to say, oh. like the scene where the song is playing and they're riding in the cab. Uh, you told me this was an intentional reference, which I would believe, but I didn't yeah. find the. He he sticks his head out the window and does basically the same move as in Con Air. Oh, I think no, it is an intentional reference okay. to Con Air. Did you see like an interview where he said that or something? No, I just saw it on multiple sites whenever I was doing research for this. It seems okay. like it was just like an intentional nod by Sean Coo. Which is weird that these Con movies Air. fell together again, like yeah, like, like last week that two similar movies well it's the same actor i think that he understood that he was working with a high profile actor and he why well, no i just mean it's kind of strange that these two films fell together when well, they, it, was, one it was two convicts getting other. released from prison i mean like you would that's what it is right it's like right we're watching we're talking about two different films that are both convicts getting released from prison having the same uh reaction to the wind blowing in their hair so we have right con air whatever getting off the plane smiling and then Nicolas Cage smiling with his head out the window, which is actually the first scene. If you want to watch the trailer for this movie, you can see that scene by watching the trailer because it's the first part of the Yeah, so trailer. watch the trailer. And that's all you And then see. don't watch the movie. Yeah. The movie's on Hulu. Yeah. You can watch it. Don't. You don't. Don't watch it. It's bad. So Nicolas Cage, uh, Drink more wine during the day, is hanging out with his bullshit. son. They're going and buying suits. He's his son is prom- his son is supposed to be like uh, addicted to drugs and he's like oh I'm not using right like, now cl- I've been clean for like, however long two years or something yeah like yeah, that. yeah so or during all this time at night Nicholas Cage is looking for his mob buddies but during the day he's hanging out with the son the first person that he runs into is his old buddy from um, the mob I believe his name is Q Q uh, he was known as San Quentin yeah. Like when Nick when Nick Cage was running with him, but he owns a bar called like Q's now where yeah. he's just like, I'm just Q now. So he basically um, is just like, yeah, man, I don't know about the mob. Which boss. is obviously a shout out to QAnon. And this movie is pro QAnon. We should say that. <laughs> anyway, that, that's a joke. We okay. can move on. Sorry. So he talks to him and he's like, I don't know where the mob boss guy. He died a while ago sad times uh so and nick cage is also looking for the two other like guys that were there right hand guys uh tank and the dragon or some bolt the the great red dragon no not right okay that that was a bad joke okay (laughs) whatever so essentially what happens here is that nicholas cage is told by q that he doesn't know where these people are and uh, he spends the rest of his time trying to find these people. Um, yeah. So, and so we, you think when you're watching it that he just wants to get revenge on them for letting him take the fall for the boss. 
Yeah. But what you find out at the later at the end, once it's revealed that his son has been dead the whole time, is yeah. they're the ones who killed his son. Yeah. And he's um, upset because they were supposed to, to watch over him. Yes. So his whole, he's trying to go after the boss because he finds out the boss is still alive. But first he's told he's dead and then he finds yeah. out later he's still alive, but like in a coma. But he goes and runs into the boss. He goes and visits the boss, gives him the baseball bat. And he's like, oh, this isn't your fault. This is somebody else's fault. But he kills the other two mob guys. Yeah, he kills Tank, who works at like a butcher shop. He, yeah. And we see the scene. The scene begins like it focuses on these like meat hooks. Uh, and so what I thought was. Tank is going on those meat hooks. Nick Cage is going to put were, him on the meat hooks. I'm sorry, Sean Koo, but if you were half the director that I hoped you would be, then you would hang. You would. <laughs> if you were half him, the man I thought you would be. You would have at least hung him on the meat hooks. Yeah, hang him on the fucking meat hooks. Nick Cage just shoots him to death. Yeah, he could have at least put him on the meat hook. I mean, that would have been so much better. I mean, if we're talking about violence, like that would have been the most violent thing you could have done is killed him. And the by, coolest thing you could have done. Yeah. It would have made the movie 10 times better. It would have been the best film of all time. That's a lie. That's not Put him on the meat hook. Anyway, so he kills one of the guys. He finds out where the other guy is. The other guy is apparently... This guy was like the worst actor in the movie. This guy sucked. Yeah, he was like in like a sex den, like having... He was doing something with some ladies. Yeah, Nick Cage confronts him and then he they get in a scuffle. He gets away. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back later, and then Nick Cage kills him. Yeah. Um, then he he he's the one who shoots Nick Cage, right? Because at the end he has like he's been shot. Yeah. Um, so so he, yeah. Nicholas Cage realizes that Q is behind all of this. Oh, what a, Q had invited him to his yeah, daughter's. Yeah. The other like main actor in the movie turns out to have been the bad guy all along. Oh no. Oh wow. So he goes to his daughter's wedding and attacks him and then he gives this beef line. Do you want to give the beef line? I didn't write it down, but He's like, "Oh." Um, oh, Q is like he it's his daughter's wedding. Yeah. And what Nick Cage does is like take his ta- he takes his daughter hostage. Yeah. And then Q comes in and he's like let her go like your beef is with me. He's like, beef. Beef? You think that what we have is beef? And he says beef really funny. And this is the only like real like cage. Because remember, moment. he's got insomnia. So he's like losing his mind. So for most of the movie, yeah, the movie is basically him not sleeping. Yeah. This is like a worse version of Christopher Nolan's insomnia. Yeah. Um, which is a good it's movie. Also ever. like worse than dying than dying of the light. Yeah, so no, that's kind of it's kind of similar to Dying of the Light, where but he's it's like, worse. yeah. Um, so basically, he's through a lot of the movie, he's kind of just like tired and kind of deadpan. Yeah, which but makes he did, for a, kind we of do get to see him have sex, but twice very badly. I don't like watching him have sex, especially current day Nick Cage. E- even at his like peak hotness, I probably wouldn't. Like, we talked about how I don't like watching him kiss, even when he's, like, attractive. He's a bad kisser. He, he's just weird looking. And it just is upsetting to watch him fuck. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's not good. Uh, but So he ends up having relation Like, a, at some point, he has sex with a uh, sex worker. Yeah. Um, And pays her a bunch of money, and they have becomes, a romantic night. He becomes kind of fixated on her. Yeah. There's a part where they're having sex for the second time that night, and he sees... His he opens wife. his eyes, and, like, his... He's, he's imagining he's with his dead wife. Yeah. Um, but he ends up taking her home. She tells him that she's got a he, son. And he's like, can I see you again like 
socially without like paying and she's like yeah and they like later send another sex worker and he ends up like killing the the sex worker's boss because he's because he like comes after him in like wait does he kill no he doesn't he doesn't kill that guy oh no he Um, just threatens him threatens him and this is the the, it's in front this concierge character who's really he's kind of he's he's kind of fun he like asks the concierge to like use his phone to look up okay yeah so earlier on he gets his first cell phone because there's this whole kind of montage where he's having like fun times with the son like spending all the money he got from his boss yeah to shut him up about taking the rap um, this is like the only like really like fun sequence in the movie where he like Nick Cage is actually seems like he's kind of having a good time with like. But the then m- when you realize his son isn't there, it's really weird to think about. <clears throat> they do kind of do a good job of making sure other characters don't acknowledge that he's there, though. I did notice that. So for so for whatever that's worth. But anyway, he gets a cell phone and then his his dead son calls him calls him like before he even buys the phone he does like a video call with him which i don't know how that even would work in reality but then he's like welcome to the 21st century dad <laughs> well it's his unknown number yeah yeah there's not because then i he, think we're meant to just assume that didn't actually happen yeah because whenever he asked the concierge oh i need to get a hold of my son and he's like yes. oh you don't have a missed call from him you don't have any contacts in your phone and then Nick Cage is like, can you like make a list of all the nursing homes within like, and he's like, oh man, I don't, I'm just like working here. And he gave then me he, some money. And he like pulls out like 500. He's like, can you, will you do it for $500? And he's like, yep, I'll get right on it. Um, <laughs> I kind of like the concierge character. So while that's happening, he like attacks the boss of the sex worker. But anyway, yeah. uh, moving forward, he has, he has very bad sex with that person, but he ends up giving all the rest of his money to the sex worker so she can take care of her son before yeah. he goes to kill Q. Yes. So that's really sweet. Right. Well, before he goes, he he's not going when he gives a he, he is still going to kill the boss at yeah. the nursing home. And it's when right before he's about to kill him that he realizes that Q was behind it all along. Yeah. And then he goes to kill Q. And yeah. as he's leaving the nursing home, he doesn't kill the, the boss guy because he's just like comatose and it wouldn't make a difference. Yeah. Um that's when the dragon guy comes shows back up. It doesn't matter. They all die. Shoots him, and uh, Nick Cage kills him. Then shoots him in the dick right before he kills him. Mm-hmm, because he's um, like, "Oh, you, oh, you want to call yourself a dragon?" Like, kills. And I, th- this, I, I already said this, but this guy is the worst actor in the movie. Pretty bad. He he's awful. So he essentially has this confrontation with Q, and he's like. Oh, you're supposed to take care of him. He's like, no, you should take care of him. Uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> what ends up happening Listen, is... Listen, none of this matters. Nick Cage shoots him in the kneecap. Um, and then Nick Cage says this line that his son had said to him earlier in the movie, which his son really didn't say to him because his son is dead, uh, which is like uh, something about like doing start, better. St- start over tomorrow or yeah. do better tomorrow. Basically giving him another chance, but he gets shot in the back by Q's daughter. Well, it's similar to Con Air again, where he gets shot and doesn't really phase him. Except yeah. it does, it, you don't have the excuse that he has good muscles because he looks like shit in this movie. Yeah, so he just... There's like, also there's a part earlier where uh, the dragon guy says, Ah, oh, you look fit. And I'm like, no, no, you don't. Yeah, he's definitely making... Look, but it, it didn't seem like a sarcastic comment. Like It seemed like he was actually genuinely saying that he looks good. Which it's not 
He looks so he looks bad in this movie. Yeah. He's fat and old and his hair sucks. Yeah. So (laughs) Nick Cage walks out, gets uh, shot by a bunch of police officers. One of which looks like a child. They they cut to this close up of one of the cops who looks like a nerdy little 12 year old. And they, they they shoot him a bunch of times, and then he just like is laying with his teeth bleed. Like and he looks really, he looks. Mouth. I mean, I, I guess this is a positive in the movie's favor. He looks really gross in that final scene where he's dying. Yeah, and he's like talking and to I his do, son. I do feel. I actually do kind. Of, okay, we're all over the place so far, and we're almost basically done. We're done with. We've got covered the plot of this movie. Yeah, but I do like his death scene because his son shows back up. He's wearing like all white, like yeah. some sort of angel. Um, he's like, and, "Why are you here?" And he's like, "Oh, I thought we could like hang out some more." And then Nick Cage is like, "I'd like that." He's like, "I'd like that." And like, I, I don't, that, that, that was a decent moment. And then that's like the final line of the movie. And then he he dies. It just it feels um, like a tired, tired plot. The only thing this movie has going for it is the quote unquote twist which is kind of a cliche in and of itself of this character was dead the whole time. Yeah. Because we already knew that he was suffering from hallucinations from insomnia and yeah, you know, the, the, the reason that I think what I guess you're saying is like, I guess that's the only good part of it is because if you're watching it and you we were that, surprised by the twist, we probably shouldn't have been, but when yeah. we were watching it, we were like, Oh yeah. But if you think that time. his son is alive, then you're like, why is he killing all these people? Doesn't he want to like, yeah, he just, live? he's just mad because he was in prison. Yeah. But it does make more sense. Cause you're like, why doesn't he, he just want to like, they killed his son. Why doesn't he just enjoy his time with his son? That's like the whole time. I'm uh, the whole time at the beginning. I was like, why is he going for retribution? If his son is like right there, why doesn't he spend time with him? And then you find out that his son was dead the whole time. And you're like, Oh, so I guess it makes duh. the revenge make more sense because he actually wants to, get revenge for his yeah. murdered son for a while you don't know what the revenge is for and it doesn't make any sense um when well, we went through this really quickly i do there was something about it that i wanted to read uh yeah from the we went through it quickly because there just isn't a lot to say about it because the movie's bad like let's be we can be we can be honest about this yeah it's just not good um i mean the most important part to know is that Nicolas Cage just really, I don't know. I feel like he probably would have, I don't know what to say here. I just don't, I don't like the movie. I'm I'm tired of movies that suck. Oh, I mean. Because he's a good actor. Uh, yeah, I love Nick Cage. But I mean, if this, we've not watched, to be totally honest, we haven't watched that many just like purely just awful movies. Yeah, no, Honestly, we've only watched a couple. So far, my bottom three movies we've, we've watched are this. Yeah. Inconceivable. Yes. And Doggy Dog. And that's because in all three of those movies, he seems bored. Yeah. And he's, I- seen, he's, yeah, he's kind of just kind of going through the motions. There are a couple moments. There are more moments in this movie than like, say, Inconceivable, where he actually gets to, seems like he's kind of having fun with what he's given. Mm-hmm. Um, and same with Doggy Dog mm-hmm. is also kind of good in that way. Um, but overall, 
I think I might like Inconceivable more than I like this movie. And Inconceivable is a trash, vile movie that I am just I am morally opposed to Inconceivable. I think this movie, and is I think better I, than I think it's better than this movie. You think Inconceivable is better than this movie? Yes, I think this might be. I'm looking at my rating right now, which we'll get into in a second. But I think this is my lowest rated movie we've watched. It just doesn't. It just doesn't like challenge him in any way. Besides the beef scene, which I I'm hoping I can find on YouTube and I can just post that scene. But it's just like it's just like um inconceivable in that way where they threw in a cage maniac moment to rec- try to reconcile the rest. It, of the it movie. feels more appropriate maybe in this movie because he's like been he's hallucinating he's been shot and he's just like desperate to get revenge that it would make more sense that he's like shouting and like freaking out yeah besides inconceivable inconceivable i don't know god i hate inconceivable so much so bad fuck um so that's the fucking movie it's bad don't watch it is this a bad podcast Yes. That's why y'all love it. You love this bad podcast, don't you? Oh, God. I was just looking up the box office. I was still on the Con Air page. Yeah. So I was like, this movie grossed $224 million? It grossed a decent amount, actually, for <laughs> Wait, being such a shitty movie. Did it really? Yeah, it was like $175 million. No way. Yeah. $171,000, oh. my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, don't get it, don't get it. I don't twisted. even know what the budget for this movie was. I couldn't find. It's it not anywhere. on Wikipedia. It's I'm assuming this was not. Movie. I'm assuming this was not a theatrically released movie. Yeah. Or if it did, it would play in like one, one or two cities. And maybe. Okay, let's, let me go to the box office mojo page for a score to settle. Oh. Oh, this movie did not get a domestic release. All, all one hundred seventy-one thousand dollars were international sales what this is according to box office mojo wow it just was never released here or it was released on direct-to-video like a lot of these modern nick cage movies are where they don't get a theatrical release oh boy oh boy. so what was the critical consent what's the critical 15 <sighs> percent tomato meter yeah there's no audience score yeah, uh, there's no no one. We're the only two people who've seen this movie. Four point six out of ten IMDb and a thirty-seven Metascore. Should we do our ratings uh, for this god awful movie? Yeah, I guess. Just looking at these now, I feel like these are too high, but I'm gonna stick with them. <sighs> Commitment. I gave this a two point five out of five. I gave it a two. Okay. I say that just looking at it, just how we've talked about it, that feels high. But I actually think that's pretty. He's okay. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Pathos, I gave a two point five. Also, give it a three. Yeah, I could have. I could have gone. The three. tone was the same. It was just. I mean, he's. Yeah, he's fairly in line with the rest of the movie. Um, yeah. Overall quality, I gave a one point five. I give it a one. F- fair enough. Cage's contribution, I gave a 1.5. Give it a 2. Because, like, honestly, you could slot in any middle-aged actor. I was about to say has-been. That feels really mean. Because Nick Cage isn't a has-been. He's still in good movies. Um, (sighs) Cage's contribution. Go ahead. I give it a 2. 
And cage factor. Oh, wait, we already talked. Yeah, we said we talked about this. Yeah, cage factor. I gave it a three because of the beef scene. See, I had this higher. And then the thing is, that's the only moment, really. So this might be harsh, but my cage factor was also a 1.5. What was your overall score? 1.9 out of 5. Mine was a 2.2. Okay, so let's see. The final cage off score for a score to settle 2.05 so let's just call that a two let's call that a two out of five for a score to settle god awful movie not a good movie i would so, give it i would have given it a one <laughs> even honestly yeah a lot of my ratings of these as i'm looking at them i, I feel like i'm generous to movies a lot mm-hmm. when i maybe shouldn't be and i'm more critical to other ones when maybe i shouldn't be but listen, these are just coming off the dome. All right. Yeah. I can't be held responsible for my own opinions. <laughs> so uh, should... we're going to do our before we decide who wins this, even though you are, even though no it's pretty fucking scores, obvious at this point, um, we're going to play a game that I have now named. I haven't heard this name. Our I'm excited segment to hear at the end, the review segment, the review segment. So these are all. So from now on, all the reviews are only going to be negative reviews. Oh, we're only doing negative reviews. From now on. That's an interesting... Okay, that makes it more challenging. And it's going to be called The Rage Against Cage. Damn. That's a great... That's a really good title. Yes. Good job. So the name of this segment is The Rage Against Cage. So these are... You're going to read some negative reviews for both movies. Yes. And, and I have to guess... Which one is it? Which, yes. Well, what movie the review is... Okay. Yes. Yeah. You ready? I love, I, I'm so into this. First one. It's going to be much more difficult than it usually is, I think. Imminently forgettable. A score to settle. Yes. Okay. Are we still doing 10? Okay. So that's one. It's exhausting rather than exhilarating. Con Air. Damn it. Yes. Two. It's two out of 10. Falls more on the not good column of the cage ledger. This is the review that I did read, so it's a score to settle. Yes. It's the RogerEbert.com review. Uneven Nicolas Cage action movie. A score to settle. Yes. I'm four for four. four. This frankly silly action movie scores major points for bordering on self-parody. Conair. Is that correct? Yes. Five for five. It's slapped together childishly and has no real foundation to render it even vaguely capable of withstanding a laughing wave of intellect or logic. Score to settle. That's Con Air. Damn. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree, but I just think that's good. (laughs) Starts out stupid, gets even stupider, and then it ends, which is one of the most satisfying things to be said about it. Con Air. Score to settle. (sighs) Movie sucks. Who could be positive about it? The, wait, that was a positive that review? That was a negative review. Starts out stupid, gets even stupider, and then it ends. Okay, so I'm still at five. Go ahead. Yeah, you missed two. Yeah, I'm at five. Numbing, but not boring. It's finally more dispiriting than exhilarating, like a wild night of debauchery that leaves only a fearsome hangover for a souvenir. Con air. Is that yes. correct? Yes. Reveals Six. itself as a swarm of cliches that ring louder than bullets. A score to settle. Yes. Seven. 
If you're looking to kill a couple hours, there are worse fates awaiting you out there. Conair. Yep. Eight. So I got eight out of ten. Mm-hmm. You did better than I thought Pretty you would. I, I I like the twist of I like the twist of only reading negative reviews because sometimes if you read the positive ones, it makes it really obvious what movie it's about. Yeah. Um. Okay, yeah. so Con Air wins, right? Because yeah, a scores I mean, are better. Yeah. It's just in general a. There's a reason why it's endured the way it has yeah, as far as so like Nick Cage memes and shit like that. We've now talked about all three of these films. I think now uh, Nicolas Cage's Holy Trinity is the rock on air. late 90s action trilogy. Uh, yeah, well, it's his Holy Trinity. It's his three movies that are his three. They're really supposed to be his best movies that he's his, ever released. It's Con Air, I, I Face mean, Up. His three most Can well-known just let me action movies. Saying? Yeah, finish what you're saying. Do it. Go. Seriously, go. You just <laughs> finish. <keep on> interrupting <laughs> me. <laughs> go ahead. You're gonna have to cut out all of that because I'm trying to make. I'm not cutting it. I'm not cutting any of this. Talk. You wanted to talk so bad. Do it. <laughs> so, uh, so now we covered all three of these. Right, the three yeah. Holy Trinity movies that Nicolas Cage is like most well known for, right, um, yeah. is Con Air, The Rock, and Face Off. So those are his big action movies. His, that his big three action movies. Yes. Yeah. What's your question? I was just trying to make a point about that, and you just keep interrupting me. <laughs> now I'm mad. You're mad? Yes. I'm mad too. I'm pissed off. Okay. Well, well I thought you were gonna ask me which one of these is like my favorite. Oh well, which one is your favorite? Gun to my head, I would say The Rock, but I think Face Off is probably a better movie. I just kind of have a soft spot for The Rock, if you didn't already know. No, I really do think The Rock is better than Face Off. Okay. We're getting ahead of ourselves because, you know, we're obviously going to... The point of this podcast is to figure this out. Yeah. So... Well, I'm just saying, like, critically, uh, if you think critically, if you think about when people talk about the three best movies by Nicolas Cage, the three movies that they mention are usually... Usually, The Rock, Conair, and uh, Rock Conair and Face Off. Well, but mm-hmm. the people also do mention Raising Arizona. Right. Well, yeah. That that's the reason I I was kind of interrupting you. I wanted to specify the as far as the big action movies. Yeah. Because he's been in other movies that are not explicitly this kind of action movie that yeah. he's more well known for. You know, National Treasure. Yeah. Uh. Raising Arizona, Vampire's Kiss, whatever. Yes, but um, his three big action movies, right. the Holy Trinity yeah, yeah, yeah. of Nicolas Cage's action, action movies. As as far, if you want to encapsulate the action action star Nicolas Cage era. Yeah, which is basically 1997 and 1998, right? Or 1996 and 1997 are the two years that he was the best action star. 96 and 97 is when he was at his peak action star. Yeah, it was basically. before he got old and started looking weird. Basically, the mid two thousands is is when that era ends mm-hmm. because he starts kind of expanding to physic physically. Okay, well, I think that we're done with this episode, but uh, you can check us out on Cage Off. <laughs> <laughs> you can check us sorry. out on Cage Off. Podcast sorry, on I'm Twitter. sorry, Nick. I called you fat, and I don't mean it. You do we look, love you. yo, but dude, you look bad in this movie. You look bad in a score to sell. <laughs> You can find us on uh, at Cage Off Podcast on yeah. Twitter. And, Thank uh, you. My name is Ashley. You can find me on Twitter at Generally Done. I'm at Twitter um, 
I'm on Twitter at the Good Logan. Thank you to Mastodon for our theme song. And thank you, Colors Odyssey, for our art. We appreciate it very much. Uh, we haven't decided what our next episode is, so we're not going to announce it. We'll figure it out later. Deal with it. Thank you for listening. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you. Bye. Bye.